Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Me and Berg, we have a surprise for you guys today. As promised, we have a guest host here. Um, Berg, why don't you tell the listeners who exactly who we have here today? Hello, guys. How is it going? So I'm super excited. We have uh, Miss Erica um, Sutter. Um, I don't know if I'm... Erica, if I'm butchering your name, please stop me <laughs> right it's, away. It's, it's and, okay. It's Suter. <laughs> oh, it's... I already, oh, my God. See, I'm doing a better job of introducing you already. (laughs) Erica Suter. Um, Erica has been on the grind for a while, guys. She's been um, featured in um, Fitness Pal, Women's Health Magazine, Stack.com, working in, um, you know, writing blogs, um, giving values for soccer players. She is a strength and conditioning and a soccer coach. And uh, she actually just got off the field right now to do this podcast. (laughs) Just to show you guys just... You know how 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 much is into this, um, and if I'm missing anything, you know you can you can just add. More. Yeah. So so this girl right here, man, this woman, she is a superstar in my mind in terms of soccer strength and conditioning. She has hundreds of blog posts out there. Definitely check them out. But Erica, um, why don't you go ahead tell us about yourself? And number two. It is World Cup season right now. Who do you think is going to win it all? Who you're supporting? What's your thoughts? It's a very important question. Yeah, it is a very important question. So I'll uh, I'll start off by talking about what I do. So I am a strength and conditioning coach based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and I have been doing it for about six years. I work with mainly soccer athletes, um, anywhere from age eight to college level. So I, I kind of work with quite the variety of athlete. Um, I do a lot of technical training uh, on the field and I also do strength and conditioning in the weight room. Um, and on the side, as you guys mentioned, I am a writer. I write on all things soccer performance training, um, mindset and motivation and nutrition. Um, and it, it's not necessarily exclusive to soccer players. I think a lot of my stuff can apply to all sports and mm-hmm. even some non-athletes. So um, there's definitely something uh, for everyone. And yeah, that, that's about it. As far as a World Cup, I, I just want to say I am Dutch. I have family in the Netherlands and I'm very embarrassed that we oh. did not qualify. So um, <laughs> I wish I could be rooting for them. <laughs> so I'm going to go to, uh, I think I'm going to say Germany just because they have a really deep bench and they're super attacking minded and I, I just really appreciate their style of play. So I'm, I'm going to say Germany, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some upsets and that will just make things exciting. I'm all about watching exciting and good soccer. <laughs> okay. 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 And just to, 
rewind a little bit. So you're both a soccer coach and a strength and conditioning coach. How do you manage those two and how do they balance and what's the difference between those? Yeah, so I I try to combine the two when I run sessions as much as possible. So my facility has a turf field in it and then right next to it there's um, squat racks, free weights, and, and all the equipment you need for the physical side of training. So sometimes I like to start with a technical session uh, that could just be like basic ball skills, first touch, passing, 1v1 moves, and then we would move over to the the strength and conditioning side of things so for the athletes I work with it's almost an ideal situation um I I really wish I had this setup growing up um I I mean to some extent I did have a strength coach when I was in middle and high school and it was just such a game changer and I really think more youth athletes need to have the focus yes on the technical side but also the physical side of soccer that is that is so true. It's it's one of the things that I've noticed a lot as I keep playing pickup is I as I keep watching you soccer. Um it's just strength training is really not, you know, a priority in 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 soccer. I mean, I don't know if it's just a cultural thing in soccer, but you know, they don't value um strength is not strength and conditioning is not as valued as it should be when you compare it with other sports such as you know, football, NFL basketball, baseball, and, and props to you, you know, for actually integrating that into, you know, your training and your, your principles. I like it. Yeah. And I think there's a, a lot of carryover um, between the, the technical and physical side. So as, as an example, if someone wants to improve their shooting power, yeah, a lot of that's going to be technique, locking the ankle, hitting it with your laces, falling through. But at the same time, you have to strengthen certain muscles in your leg to be able to improve the strength of the shot. So th there's just so much uh, technique and, and strength involved in that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely important to focus on both. Yeah, and you're obviously in an inc incredible position right now. But can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I, I started playing soccer when I was five and went all the way through the, the youth travel system in the U.S., played in high school, played in college at Johns Hopkins University. Then after that, I, I played in Brazil uh, for several Ooh. months. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that, uh, and when I was in Brazil, I volunteered and I also coached kids. So I think that was the turning point for me. I was just really pumped about coaching and I, I love teaching and, and sharing uh, my knowledge. Um, but just kind of going back to when I was growing up, I, I had that strength and conditioning side. Like I had a strength coach and this was the time when performance training was really starting to grow. Um, mm -hmm. Like nowadays you see it everywhere, but like when I was growing up, people, it, there weren't that many people around. But I just felt like my game had such an edge once I started lifting weights and doing resisted sprints, um, doing interval conditioning runs and not just jogging laps and, you know, being slow when I'm running. Yeah, um, yeah actually running sprints. Um, and I just felt my game, I was faster. I could accelerate quicker. My agility improved. 
shooting power, like everything just got better. And I definitely don't think I would have played in college or played in Brazil if I hadn't done all that. Wow. Don't any of you youngins listening out there. <laughs> yes. Pay attention. Yeah, yep. <laughs> definitely take notes, guys. Take notes. And, you know, you've had all of these experiences in the past playing in college, playing in Brazil, even coaching there. Have you kind of morphed your thoughts into like a coaching philosophy about how players should train or what's what's your thoughts on that? Mm hmm. My my philosophy is more movement based. So I I want kids to be able to move in, in a healthy and coordinated way. Um, a lot of the, the athletes I work with are age like 10 to 14. And those are like the sensitive years where kids are kind of like going through growth spurts and mm -hmm. developing their coordination. So I think it's really important to just focus on just basic things like being able to run with like opposite arm, opposite leg action, being able to change direction quickly and get lower your center of gravity. So just the basic things that just improve everything in performance. Okay. Okay. So yeah, definitely. I see how when, when people are in that critical age range, you know, 10 to 14, when they're growing, it's very important, you think, to have someone right there by their side, especially if they're going to incorporate some strength training to kind of show them a rope, show them how it's done and kind of motivate them along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, and strength is, is very important. And some kids in, in that age range that I work with ages 10 to 14, some are very, they're early matures. So they've developed the coordination and they're ready to move on to the strength training side in a, in a safe way, as long as they're supervised. And for, you know, just from a performance standpoint, strength training, it, it makes them faster. It allows them to put more force in the ground. Um, and then from an injury prevention standpoint, it allows them to stabilize their ankles and their knees um, and, and just be able to change direction, accelerate, decelerate in a healthy way. So definitely telling kids that strength training's okay um, and letting parents know, hey, you need a strength coach to monitor all this training just to make sure they're, they're, they're safe. I have a follow-up question to that. Um, you just, I, I can already picture it, you training, especially you training youngins. Um, youngins have, well, now I'm, I don't want to make a generalization here, but it, it's, it's generally, it's what you, well, I just made it, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. It's, it's, it's hard to get young kids to, you know, buy in into this, you know, strength and, and conditioning aspect, because, you know, at this age, you know, they just want to kick the ball, do some flicks, do some you know, dribbling, you know, do you find that it's hard to get him to buy in into the strength and conditioning aspect? I, I definitely think some coaches struggle with it. Um, I, I tend to have this um, play or this practice play, practice play philosophy um, where I, I'll teach a certain skill, um, whether that's, you know, how to, uh, change direction how to have your stance and then I will turn it into a game um, or we'll have like well I'll teach them pull-up form 
and then I may turn it into a competition of who can hold a pull up. Um, so just finding ways to sprinkle a, a play and competitive component yeah, into your engaged. training. Yeah, it keeps them engaged and it gets them really excited. Um, I think just telling kids what to do can get redundant for them and, and they need some sort of like play and, and they, you need a coach who's high energy and excited about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the way I talk about this stuff, I'm excited. So okay. <laughs> it's definitely important uh, to create that buy-in, like you said. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing creativity. Yeah. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing play. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's good. So going back into youth soccer a little bit more, um, it seems that, and even when I was a kid playing soccer, you know, there's fall soccer, there's indoor soccer in the winter, then you have spring soccer and then even travel in the summer. Um, how do you balance all of that with strength and conditioning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so gosh, I have so many athletes who never really get a break. Um, it, there's, it's crazy. There's really no off season anymore in youth soccer mm, yeah, and it's just an uphill battle for soccer coaches and, and strength and conditioning coaches for soccer. Um, but with, with my athletes, like when we're hitting the summer, I, I hardly have the ball in, in my sessions. Mm. If we do, if we do, we're playing pickup soccer or barefoot soccer and it's just no rules. It's just fun, but that's, it's just so minimal. I, we're, we're really training, uh, strength two to three times a week, um, for the middle schoolers and then for the high schoolers two to four times a week. So I think it's just getting good information out there and educating coaches and parents about what's right and, and how to do things. Okay. Okay. And you it's, mentioned, it's, you mentioned um, playing both normal pickup and also barefoot. Why would you want to play barefoot in some cases? Um, it helps with strengthening the feet, but I think, I mean, kids don't really care about that. I mean, I do as a strength coach, but a lot of the kids <laughs> I'm like, Hey guys, take off your shoes. And they're like all excited. So again, it's just like adding that fun into it. And for whatever reason, when they're playing barefoot, they like, they play quicker, they're more creative and they're just more engaged. It's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> hmm. um, and everyone's having fun. So I highly recommend it to coaches. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I kind of did too. Um, I, I made a post, I saw a blog post that you did. Um, I think I saw a story and you were training your kids barefoot. And then I, I look up the research and I find, Oh my God, there's a lot of benefit to this. And I made an Instagram yeah. post about it. And then the same day, I went on the field and then started like juggling and do my warm up. And I kind of burned my feet. I saw that. <laughs> I burned my yeah. feet a little yeah. bit. Because he was like, Yeah, you got to be careful or not. <laughs> it, was, it was 12 p.m. and uh, it was like 85 degrees. <laughs> I didn't last oh, long. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. When you're when you're outside on the turf, um, maybe tell everyone to keep their socks on. But yeah, but like you said, I saw what you posted. Yes, there's so so many benefits to it. Um, but so the story you saw me post was after I did a lift, and this was my like eighth grade group, so like 13, 14 year old girls and and boys, and they were just like, "Can we play barefoot soccer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, let's go." <laughs> 
It also seems like you extremely busy. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing as well from this. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just like every every other uh, strength coach, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, how much does your session focus on injury prevention at all? Is that kind of blended in with the whole program, or is there a separate part, or how does that all work? Hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like injury prevention has become this buzz phrase, like it's like its own separate program, but I, I feel strength training is injury prevention. A uh, good dynamic warm up is injury prevention. Um, core circuits, hip circuits are all injury prevention. Um, so I think it's just a, a combination of everything in the realm of performance training that's injury prevention. So I don't think it's like just, you know, just doing like mini band walks or doing balance drills. It's doing your heavy deadlifts. It's doing your pull-ups, um, your balance work, everything. Um, side shuffling proper, properly with a wide stance, um, changing direction with your inside foot. So it's, there's so much that goes into injury prevention. <laughs> now that you say that, I mean, I never really thought about it that way that, you know, it, I think you're right. It kind of is a buzz phrase because. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like, everything that you just said is injury prevention, but at the same time, everything it is. is strength and conditioning. And yes. Just- and that's a good point. I feel like, um, like the, the injury prevention or like the rehab side and then performance training, they just go hand in hand, you know, um, which is why strength coaches really need to collaborate with physical therapists and vice versa. Yeah. Just to give you a background, like we actually physical therapy students and, yes. you know, I'm, I'm yes. learning in class about um, this, this whole thing is just in, when I first got into PT school, you know, I, I used to see it as, you know, a different setting. But, you know, as I get further into my education and we applying strength and conditioning principles into our education, it, it, the whole thing is just a spectrum I'm finding out. It's yeah. not just, you know, set in stone, you know, this is your field, this is my field. This is literally, a, it, it is a spectrum. It's all about, you know, the capacity, just building up your cup. That's what my professor called it. You're building up your cup to, so you can handle more. Yeah. Um, which is what you're doing with the, you know, the deadlifting, you know, sprinting with the cutting with the inside foot, all that stuff is just building up your, your, your capacity. And that is what injury prevention is really. Yeah. And I think you guys are in as physical therapists are in such a good position to learn the performance and strength and conditioning side and bring that to your, your rehab setting. So that the the transition from rehab to return to play is a lot smoother. Yeah, and definitely us as students, we love to hear more about performance and injury prevention from your side as well, because you're in it one-on-one every day. And that's kind of like your focus. That's your niche right sure. there. And yeah. we're kind of all over the place. We have neuro, we have cardio, we have all these other things that you know, that are in our curriculum, whereas you have the unique opportunity to work with strictly one population. And it's very, very valuable to be able to learn and, and cooperate with someone on that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all definitely need to work together more. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have a question from one of my Instagram followers. 
Shafayat21 wants to know, how does training differ between preseason, in-season, and off-season? I know we kind of covered um, what you do in the off-season, but how does preseason differ from in-season? Yeah, so uh, preseason, well, starting with the off-season again, it's you're developing your strength um, and your endurance, and then as you gradually move into that preseason phase, uh, you might be focusing more on power and, and agility and moving faster because you're about to prepare for competition. So you, you want to be ready for the demands of the game. Um, I think preseason, the, the conditioning is going to be more like soccer specific focus. So um, small side of games, um, conditioning drills with the ball uh, that elicit a certain conditioning effect. Um, and then when you get into in season, it's just maintenance. It's just making sure the athletes stay healthy. They're, they're recovering properly. They're activating the right muscles before games. Um, they're exciting the nervous system. Their, their nutrition is good. So it's just maintaining the health of the player and keeping an open communication with, with how they're feeling throughout the season. Um, and, and personally, I, I wish I was more on the sports science side and could see exactly what was going on during practice and in games. Um, but I'm in the private sector of strength and conditioning, so it's hard to get that technology. But for me, I've just been using open communication and RP with my players and just seeing if they can do a certain workout on a day or maybe we need to cut back. So it's just really uh, making sure your players are, are getting what they need by talking to them. Okay. So it seems that communication is actually a really important key into, um, you know, this, this private coaching aspect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what you said about the whole gadgets and whatnot, I actually like the RPE and like the person to person communication rather than, you know, like GPS devices. That's all cool. And, you have yeah, like fancy tests you can do, but you know, sometimes you have to have a, a tool set or like a skill set where you as a coach, you can use RP anywhere. You can go to Brazil and use it. You can use it here. You can use it any age range. And I feel like that's almost better in some cases. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I, I had a conversation with the sports scientists, I think of salt, salt Lake uh, in, in MLS and he told me that if you're working with youth athletes in the private sector, sometimes it's better to just stick to RPE and minutes played. And maybe you're asking them about how they slept and how they feel about doing a certain workout just to keep things simple. Um, Cause sometimes all this data just really gets in the way. Um, I mean, at the higher levels, it's valuable for sure. But I think in my case with the audience I'm working with, um, probably best to stick to the, the simple, simple tools. Yeah, definitely. And even as a strength coach, you probably see that when you're doing things like RP, it's actually improving the communication that you have with your athlete because you're talking back and forth and you're sharing thoughts versus if you're focused on getting data, then your attention's on the data instead of the athlete. That is mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Plus you have to interpret those data, which take time and takes a lot of resources which most people don't have. Yes. 
Okay, we actually have another question from one of my Instagram followers, who's actually my roommate, Tyler Sidney. Um, <laughs> he wants to know, what are the best exercises if you have limited gym equipment, or maybe if you're coaching out in the field and you don't have access to a gym? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, it's funny because I, I actually just wrote an article on uh, on-field strength training. And I just read you- it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad someone's reading. Um, <laughs> but um, and it, there's a lot of body weight stuff you can do. Uh, obviously, it's not as good as strength training with weight. But if, if this is what you have, it, it will all com- compound over time. And it's, it's definitely better than nothing. So I would say any, any lunge variation, uh, forward, backward, lateral lunge, just so you're working in different planes of motion and working on single leg strength. Crawling is always good for uh, core stability and upper body strength and coordination. Um, single leg deadlifts for eccentric hamstring control is good. And I, I posted an interesting one on uh, partner lateral lunges. <laughs> so you lunge to the side while someone's pushing you over with, with the force of their hand. So you have to control your deceleration in the bottom position. So I think those are probably the best ones. Um, but again, straight, strength training is, is always better with, with added load performance and injury prevention yeah and definitely given the exercises that you just said I think the favorite one that you mentioned was the partner lunge push yes because I feel like that that simulates what you're going to get in the game you're going to be pushed around by people around you and it's important for you to be able to control your deceleration in that case yeah yeah definitely and it's also like it's a great exercise for just adding in like that fun component. I mean, like when I did it with uh, my colleague, like we were just like laughing the whole time and I was like trying so hard to like control my landing and he just kept pushing me harder. So it, 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 it for kids, like it's great. So yeah, it's, that's definitely great insight, but we are actually out of time for today. I am super excited though, because Bummer. we are, we are going to have a part two here with Erica Suter. Um, Erica, what is your handle? How can our listeners find you on social media? Yeah, my um, Instagram is Fit Soccer Queen. Uh, I know it sounds pompous, but I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Fit Soccer Queen. And then my website is www.ericasuter.com. And that's where I write all of my articles on soccer performance and mindset and nutrition. Yeah, got soccer players. Go check out this website. That's right. I- it, there's amazing content on it, guys. You need to go and check out this website. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep, and be sure to follow me on social media. My handle is the Football Physios, and make sure you follow the Fantasy Doctor on all social media platforms. Uh, we have NFL coming up preseason. We have NBA free agency coming up. We'll keep you up to date on all those injuries. And Berg, what's your handle? I'm at the Soccer Obsessed. Follow me there. I'm on YouTube. Um, I almost said Facebook. YouTube, Instagram. (laughs) Make sure to follow me there. And I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. So 
Stay tuned for part two. Oh, 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 oh. Five-star review, guys. Don't please. Yes. Five-star review. Please, please, please give us a five-star review. We really, really need it. All right. See you guys next week.